This episode of EU for Serials contains some graphic content and sensitive subject matter that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello. 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 Oh. <laughs> I'm the dumb bitch. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. You okay? Uh, yes, I didn't actually. <clears throat> it was muted. <laughs> so, what's new with everyone? Nothing, eh? Nothing. No, I'm a boring <laughs> person. What did Nonna think of her birthday video? Oh, she loved it. <laughs> oh yeah oh, next time i'm up there i'll facetime her with you guys sure <laughs> yeah she she loved the video she needs to so, be eh, me, me no pala pala i was like no you can't she's like oh okay oh <laughs> what's that oh she was just saying she's like well i can't talk to her. i mean this video she wasn't true it was a video call or not <laughs> that's really cute <laughs> i was like yeah that, that is but then i'm like well i'm next to you and you can see me there in my room. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Oh, yeah. that's, uh... Is that your foot? No, that's what a, is that? a dog, maybe. Oh, no, oh. it's a charger. Thank How furry is her foot it... that you thought it was? <laughs> no, I have, I have slippers on. Oh, okay. She's been on the big toe. Oh. <laughs> the hair isn't my chin chin. Kara always gives me shit for having hairy toes. Yeah, you do have. I shave the big toe. Yeah, you and Nadine both have hobbit toes. That means we have good hearts. <laughs> oh, really? It yeah. means you have good circulation, yeah. Well, we all know my yeah. heart's fucked, so. <laughs> <laughs> for a while, I didn't know if there was one in there. <laughs> oh, my God. Went to see the wizard and he granted the wish and all of a sudden. Oh, talking of that, the wizard, the wizard of Oz. I was looking at conspiracy theories earlier. And have you guys heard the conspiracy theory about the fact that Pink Floyd, (laughs) Nad's nodding her head, to to the movie of the Wizard of Oz like perfectly? What? Which song is it? I can't remember. Is it? I don't remember, but I have album, sorry. It's that album. It's, yeah. Yeah, one sec. Both of our resident researchers are currently typing. And I know at some point, a long time Dark ago. Dark Side of the Rainbow. Dark Side of the Rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> I know at some point a long time ago when I was really young, dumb and high, I watched the entire thing to that album because I'd heard about it before. But I just, yeah, I read it today and I was like, oh, shit, yeah, I remember that. So do you mean if you play the movie and the album at the same time from start to finish, it's all in sync? We'll watch it later. If you play the movie with that soundtrack over the top. Instead of? Instead of the the sound of the movie, it actually just fits perfectly. Wow, like lyrics fit the scenes and stuff. The the, the songs fit the scenes, yeah, obviously not the words. It says um, Dark Side of the Rainbow, also known as Dark Side of Oz or The Wizard of Floyd. Is a pairing of the 1973 uh, Pink Floyd album, Dark Side of the Moon, 
with the 1933 was one film this produces moments where the film and album appear to correspond. So do you think Pink Floyd did that on purpose? Because Wizard of Oz was released years before that album. No, nah, they've gone on record saying that it's complete bullshit. But, Happy accident. Yeah. Very interesting. I mean, The Simpsons predicted many events in history, so... Mm. Mm. Yeah, that that's impossible. really creepy to me. And there's another that's... conspiracy theory. Mm. Is it? Mm. That the Simpsons. creators of The Simpsons are like time travellers. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. There are many conspiracies to go through. However, we are only four. Yes, and actually today it is Nadine's turn to go first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, my conspiracy <laughs> um, is about Norma Jean, so otherwise known as Marilyn Monroe. Mm. So, what a babe. Oh, she was gorgeous. Beautiful. So, look, what inspired this was I finished watching um, the new Dharma Oh, yes. Series. On Netflix, and I was like, mm, maybe I should watch something a little bit lighter now because it was really heavy and dark. Um, and I was scrolling through Netflix, and then I saw Blonde, which is that movie about Marilyn Monroe. It was a mistake. It's really well done, but it's also <laughs> very and I, I couldn't watch it all in one sitting, and it's very depressing, but that's okay. So, Norma Jean. Um, (laughs) So Norma Jean, otherwise known as Marilyn Monroe, um, for those of you who have been obviously living under a rock and may not know, um, Marilyn Monroe was born in 1926. She was an American. The Queen. Or Queen Elizabeth II. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Sorry, my brain's processing. <laughs> I'm like, was the queen that hot? <laughs> Just like, all I can, like when you when you when your brain does that, all I in my head goes like the countdown theme tune. Is it? No, not the countdown. Oh, is it eight out of ten cats does countdown? Ding ding ding. Uh-huh. Yeah, eight out of ten cats does countdown. That theme tune. Dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> Um, so I'm just going to give like a little brief background and then kind of go into some of the conspiracy theories. Okay. So, yeah. So basically through her childhood, her mum spent a lot of time in a mental asylum. Um, so she spent a lot, so Marilyn Monroe ended up spending a lot of time. How many fucking hats do you have there, man? (laughs) You've changed it like three times. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just every time the light like, mood changes in the story, just swap a hat out for the mood. <laughs> it's just more comfortable. The other one wasn't comfortable. Yeah, so during her childhood or through her early years, her mum spent a lot of time in an asylum. Um, she was not very stable. Um, so Norma was raised by 12 different sets of foster parents and then also spent time in an orphanage. So 12. she moved around. Yeah. 
Wow, that's so a lot. From home to home. So really troubled, um, like upbringing, bless her. Um, in 1942, she married a colleague in an aircraft factory, but they divorced not long after World War II ended. Um, she became a model in 1946 and then signed a short-term contract with 20th Century Fox, and that's where she took on the name Marilyn Monroe. Do we know where Marilyn Monroe came from or is it just something that they've given her randomly? It's kind of just like a persona. Like even when you watch Blonde, um, she almost talks about herself in third person like as being Marilyn Monroe. There's like a disconnect between Norma Jean and Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, right. Um, Which I found kind of interesting. Um, I don't know if that's just how they portrayed it or if it was um, how it was. So fun fact. So basically when she signed a contract um, in 1946, her and Lion, so I think Lion was one of the bigwigs, producers, um, with the place that she signed on with. Anyway, so the first name was picked by Lion, who was reminded of a Broadway star, Marilyn Miller. The last was Monroe's mother's maiden name. Yeah, all right. There you go. That is cool. Okay, so after a few appearances in movies by Fox and Columbia Studios, she returned to modelling. Um, but it was her nude, uh, nude photograph on a calendar that led her to a role in the 1948 film Scudahoo, Scudahey. <laughs> I actually don't know. <laughs> what? what? Scudah. <laughs> Scudah. Scudah. Hang on. Lisa. Sounds like. Um, oh, yeah, that is weird. Yeah. Let me see. Scudahoo, Scudahey. Yeah. Mm. Really had shit movie names back then, huh? Yeah, a lot of them. From 1950 onwards, Monroe starred in a succession of movies and her fame steadily grew and spread throughout the world. It was 1954 when she married the baseball star Joe DiMaggio. DiMaggio? DiMaggio. I I said that right. DiMaggio, fuck's sake. Joe DiMaggio. Um, the marriage was short-lived um, and it ended less than a year later. Yeah, so from here, like, she became discontented with her career, so she just wasn't wasn't vibing with it. Um, and she went to New York and studied with a guy named Lee Strasberg um, at an actor's studio. Then 1955, um, that was pretty much the year when she started to emerge as a uh, bit of a comedian, um, starring in a movie called The Seven Year Itch. In, in 1956, she married a guy by the name of Arthur Miller. Um, he was an American playwright and he was mostly known for, well, he was best known for his work on Death of a Salesman, which was released in 1949, but um, it's been remade like quite a few times now. 
Um, they divorced in 1961 and then she began filming another comedy in 1962 called Something's Gotta Give, which is probably one of the more, like, it's probably one that I'm most familiar with. Is that um, um, movie been remade since and it's got, like, is it Meryl Streep in it? Um, I don't know. Google. The right one. Let me have a look. Um, it's probably a name that's stuck out because it was actually the same year that she died. So it's probably one that um, was talked about often. Oh. What? The died bit. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> she died? Yeah, of course. <laughs> what? So it was also, so sorry, in 1962 when she was filming that something's got to give, um, it was said that she was frequently offset sick just not turning up and then in may 1962 um that was the year that she was invited to jfk's so president jfk's birthday um and everyone most people would know the classic happy birthday to you (laughs) happy birthday mr president I actually watched it this morning because I was just going through everything and I don't know, she's so intriguing. So I was right, except it's not Meryl Streep. It's, um, what's her name? Diane Keating. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, what of it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm acknowledging. <laughs> Didn't ask. <laughs> and yeah. what's the other dude? Jack Nicholson. Oh, it's got Keanu oh. Reeves in it. Sorry. Oh, Link. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So that, that was the year that she went to JFK's 45th birthday and she sang that happy birthday, Mr. President. It was only a couple months later that she was found dead in her home. Um, the official report stated that Marilyn Monroe was found dead in her home on Saturday, the 4th of August, face down, naked, and it was um, passed as a probable suicide. Um, the official coroner's toxicology report stated that the cause of death was acute barbiturate. Please help me, someone. <laughs> Marilyn is just barbiturate. Yeah. Barbiturate. Thank you. Thank you so much. Barbiturate. Yeah. If sound less dumb on the edit, that would be fantastic. Okay, so, yeah, it was um, that, and they ruled out the possibility that it was accidental because the dosages were actually over the lethal limit. Oh. So, so how, how can they rule that out over just being over the lethal limit? Because couldn't she have just done that herself? Think- I, what I took from that was that it was in like to accidentally overdose on something like that, you would expect it to be like, okay, maybe they took double. Yeah, it wouldn't be such a high. Yeah, but I think where they found such a high level um, that it was just like, no, there's no way that you accidentally did this. Uh-huh. So... Anyway, the whole point of talking about this is that there is a bunch of conspiracy theories surrounding it. Um, Obviously, they're all speculation, so 
basically the through the articles that I was reading about her, um, it said a couple of times that she it was known that she struggled with um, drug and alcohol abuse, um, and that probably stemmed from her troubled childhood mm, as well. That's really sad. Um, it is really sad. It's yeah, genuinely sad. And she was so talented and so beautiful. She so. was. Um, and she was allegedly also known to have staged a few suicide attempts as well um, in an attempt to seek attention. So, like, that was kind of the way that people spoke of her. Wait, were they staged attempts of suicide or were they unsuccessful attempts? The So what I read, look, I don't know. Um, so that's hard to what say. I read, it is, yeah, it's hard to say, but... I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't be absurd. Like, if someone like her that obviously did struggle with her mental health so much, like, I mean, it wouldn't be outlandish that she mm. did that were erratic and for attention. You know? Yeah. Anyway, rest in peace. But the conspiracies. Have you guys heard any of them already? Like, do I've you heard know? one. I, I think I've heard one, yeah. I think the Kennedy one. Yeah. yeah. So there's actually two Kennedy ones. Um, the the conspiracy theories around it are actually really interesting and some are really just fucking random, to be honest with you. <laughs> but So the first conspiracy is that uh, it was the CIA. Basically, because there were so many rumors about the romantic involvement with Robert Kennedy, who was a U.S. Attorney General at the time, um, and there was also rumors about her secret relationship with President um, John F. Kennedy, the theory's angle was that the CIA arranged to have Monroe killed um, either because the Kennedy brothers shared too many state secrets with her, which in turn made her a threat to the national security. Oh, my God. Because they wanted to get even with the Kennedys for the Bay of Pigs fiasco. Um, so the Bay of Pigs fiasco was basically um, an invasion where a CIA-financed and trained group of Cuban refugees um, landed in Cuba with attempts to basically take down the communist government. Um so right. it was it was a failure, um, but it wasn't a secret that they had tried to assassinate a guy by the name of Castro, who was the president or the prime minister or whatever of, of Cuba at the time. Um, in fact, it was one of six alleged assassination attempts. Wow, and it was and it was um. It was failed and embarrassing for them. So that was their way of getting back, apparently. Um, the second link to the Kennedys is that, so one of the conspiracy theories about Monroe's death was that Robert Kennedy had killed her in fear that she would expose their rumoured affair and put his political career and image in danger. I heard the CIA one. 
You've heard the CIA one. And yeah. Jack, was that the same um, you'd heard? I haven't dealt like I hadn't delved too much into it, but I had heard that she was either murdered and not um like either accidental death or took her own life. Yeah. So there's two more theories around well, two more conspiracies around the mafia and their involvement with her death. The mafia. Which to me is just fucking like this woman, this actress and model was just so caught up in all these theories around CIA and mafia and it's just mind-blowing. Anyway, so the next conspiracy was that the mafia did it. So in 1982, a private detective by the name of Milo made an accusation that Monroe had actually been murdered by labor union leader Jimmy Hoffa and the Chicago boss mob, fucking the Chicago mob boss, Sam Giancana. I don't know if that's how you say it. That's how I'm saying it. So the Kennedy family would leave the mafia alone. So, again, she was caught up in this whole triangle of things way bigger than her, to be honest. Wasn't Jimmy Hoffa the one that was, there's like a whole other conspiracy about him as well? Um, Didn't look into him too much, to be honest. The name but... definitely sounds familiar. Do you, do you think a lot of this stuff is like, so outlandish theories just because of like how uh, outlandish she was perceived by people. Like everyone's kind of like no way someone like of this fantastical magnitude can just pass like that. I don't know. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but I don't know. Well, no, because I think it's, I think there's a lot of speculation around the death as well. Like you have some people that report that like with Marilyn Monroe, that she seemed fine in the time leading up to the, um, like to her death. And then you have like, there's just so, so much conflicting information. Yeah. Like even when you read about it, there is multiple, like even with her death. So one of the, um, one of the, things that you hear said about it is that she was found dead, naked, laying face down, surrounded by pills. So that's how they found her. I probably left it out because it was just too much speculation. But um, another one of the reports was that she actually died in an ambulance on the way to the hospital after they found her. So it's like there's, yeah, and I think that's where, like, when there is so much, like, mystery around something, I think that's where conspiracy theories generally stem from. It's like, they're, it's weird, right? Like, Yeah, everyone's was, looking for the answer. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think that's all it is. So you've just got people out there that try to put the puzzle together with whatever information to find a motive. But um, anyway, the the second Mafia one... It basically just says that she was murdered by the mob boss um, once again, but this time the theory says that um, that mob boss received orders from one of the Kennedy brothers to silence her and anything she was going to say about the the affair. 
Um, and like to go on from that, the conspiracy theory there um, was that five mafia hitmen entered her home, administered a chloroform-soaked washcloth on her face, injected her with the drugs that they found in her system, and then moved her body to the bedroom to make the scene look like a suicide. Sure. Which, I mean, it isn't really far-fetched for mafia to do something like that. So the next one is that her doctors killed her by accident. So interesting. Um, one of yeah, it's basically suggested that she suffered an accidental overdose after lying to her doctors about her medication, um, and that with the help of the housekeeper, the doctor staged her death as a suicide. I guess that's a cover my ass scenario yeah no I've, that's been like a common one as every time a celebrity dies but i think it was uh heath ledger and michael jackson had a similar thing where it was like the doctor did it yeah mm, yeah. yeah except michael jackson's doctor actually i think end up ended up serving time for that i think yeah probably giving him more fentanyl than he should have um and the last one Aliens. What? <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> Sounds That's legit. It. Sounds legit. So the theory with this, again, is her just being caught up in something way bigger than her. But um, the theory on this one is that she had access to the information about aliens because she was having this rumoured affair with Kenny. And that she had planned to leak top secret details about the Roswell crash of 1947, among other things. So in an effort to stop the leak and her and her rumoured affairs with both Kennedy brothers, the CIA ordered to have her killed. Okay, see this, yeah, I don't understand. Because what about aliens could seriously be that crazy that they Imagine. would need to kill... Yeah. If the uh, CIA wanted to shut people up, I'm pretty sure they would have other ways to do it as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, you even look back at, and I mean, this is really sad, so sorry to all of our American listeners, but like even with um, after September 11th, with there was there was multiple cases and again like i'm not going to get into whether or not that was a conspiracy that's like a whole other thing but there was multiple cases of people who had spoken out about certain things like i remember hearing about one case in particular where um someone went public on the radio basically saying that um they were fearful that something was going to happen to them and that if they died they were assuring people that it wouldn't be it wouldn't have been a suicide mm. um really worried about talking like speaking out because other people had started disappearing so the, the speculation there was that people in like dressed all in black suits would come they take them blah 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 anyway this person that went on radio and was talking about it you can actually listen to the live footage from this radio thing as well i'll try to find it and send it through later but um the person who said all of that was then found not long after 
um, in what appeared to be a suicide. So, wow. Ooh, it's really interesting. There's a couple there that I've not heard. Yeah, me too, to be honest. Like I I knew there was a lot of, um, there was a lot surrounding the Kennedy brothers. Um, and to be honest, I really thought that the whole Kennedy thing was like an out in the open thing, but it was still all speculation. There's there's actually not any physical proof that anything happened between them. And I think whatever I was reading was that I think it was only four times that they 100%, like that anyone 100% knew that Marilyn Monroe and John F. Kennedy had spent time together. And one of them was that night on his birthday. Um, and there was a few other public events. So that's as far as facts, that's the only facts that we actually have. Hmm. Um, so the fact that there is so much, yeah, I don't know, other information is just weird. It's probably just a case of really popular girl meets yeah. at the time, really popular guy. Mm, and they've yeah. just put two and two together and just assumed they were doing shit they shouldn't have been doing. Uh, who's next? You are. Actually, yeah, again, um, we're probably we're probably gonna need a little lighthearted energy romp um confronting things, I guess. So heads up for that. Um I just read it off because I pretty much kind of wrote a script thing to read off. So I'll just go for that and jump in if you guys have any questions, any queries. So um, Dominique was an actress who was born and raised in Santa Monica, California. Um, she would tragically pass away on the 4th of November, 1982, which isn't that long after her movie Poltergeist came out. Um, she was killed by her partner and yeah, Whoa. that's kind of the quick thing. It is some, yeah, it's, it's a lot to take in when, when we get into that whole volatile kind of relationship. Um, so she's most known for podcasts. If no one's seen it before or heard of it, um, it's a movie, a horror movie about a family who moves to a house only to discover it's haunted. Um, at first, I think the hauntings are all nice and friendly. Then it turns dark and gets aggressive. It's just one of those kind of movies, which I think is why a lot of people also attribute it to like the whole movie cursing. Because you'll find mm. out a lot of horror movies that have the curse attached to it are always kind of paranormal ones. They're never really like your slasher, no, like your Elm Street or anything like that. It's always something that would have like the dark negative energy the poltergeist is the one i think i watched it recently actually there's the scene in it where she's in the kitchen and she's she's playing with the poltergeist almost yeah. the mom is like with plates yeah. and stuff and like getting it to move yeah. yeah i remember i watched it just recently yeah good movie yeah yeah fucking great it's, um, movie the it's uh toby hooper who made it he's the uh, he directed it he was directed the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah. Because he's known for, and yeah, Spielberg was one of the co-writers, so it's a, one of those big-named horror movies. Mm. Um, so, yeah, anyway, that's where that stuff come from. Um, 
No. John was the youngest child. Um, she was born to Dominic and Ellen. Her dad was also an actor as well, but he was also a writer and producer. And she had two older brothers, Alex and Griffin, and Griffin was also an actor. So it's something that they did have around their family. Mm. Um, I think she was somewhat born into the industry with her dad and then probably just found her own way herself from what I looked, because I did try and find stuff. And most of it was just like she went to an acting school, did a couple shows and then started um, appearing in film. So she met a guy called um, John Thomas Sweeney. Um, They met at a party in 1981 and he was a sous chef at a local restaurant that I think was actually quite famous and gained a lot of traction. Um, Um, This Sweeney person, would this person end up being her partner? Yeah. It's Sweeney Todd. He killed her. (laughs) No, no, it's not. It's Sweeney Todd. Is it sure? Actually, I did, I did see a lot of that come up where everyone was like, it must be a Sweeney thing. Mm-hmm. It's Sweeney Todd. No one can hurt you yeah, also, while I'm fucking... around. I love that movie. <laughs> Pick you fucking guys to bring it to a musical. You also notice <laughs> in every single fucking episode we record, we sing something. Yeah. Yeah. If someone doesn't <laughs> sign us up on a record label, I'll be very disappointed. And if we don't do a Chris- yeah. like Christmas album this year, I'll be very disappointed. <laughs> oh, we should totally release a Christmas oh, carols album. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we? Are you for cereals rocking around the Christmas? Rocking around <laughs> or should it be shitting around the Christmas tree? Oh, yeah. <laughs> A crap ton of presents would be the first single. (laughs) A murder around the Christmas tree. Have a happy toilet trip. Um, So, yeah, she met uh, John Thomas Sweeney at a party in 1981. Um, He was a sous chef at a restaurant called Ma. It's um, Ma, and then the other one is Myson. I I think that's how you say it. After only a few weeks of dating... They moved in together into a one-bedroom house in West Hollywood. Dune would find out that Sweeney is a very jealous and possessive person. Through this, um, she would, things would escalate in a very dramatic, serious, and also frightening way. They would constantly fight, and then it eventually got very physically abusive. And So it was uh, stated on one account that when they were involved in a heated argument, Sweeney grabbed Dune by her hair and was yanking it out handfuls um, and clumps at the time by the root. She would flee to her mum's where he then showed up, banging on the door, animalistically demanding that he be let in. Um, her mum was threatening to call the police and eventually he did leave. However, only a few days after, um, she would move back into their house and continue their relationship like nothing ever happened. Wait, she would? Yep. That's so sad. That's sad. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, This uh, case is one that has a lot of moments where you just want to, like, reach out and be like, just leave now and stuff like that or don't do that. But, yeah. In another instance... Sweeney grabbed her by the throat and then he threw her to the ground and started to choke her. 
um, this stopped when a friend who was staying with theirs at the time heard a thud, some loud gagging, and um, they ran into the room and Dunn was uh, stating that Sweeney was trying to kill her. Um, Sweeney denied it and um, got Dunn to agree to go to bed with him, or so he thought. Um, she quickly told him, or not quickly, she told him that she had to go to the bathroom quickly. So she quietly snuck out the window, um, started her car and tried to get away. Once she did start the car, he would hear the car. He ran out, jumped on the hood of the car. There was some more arguing until eventually she slowed down and let him get off the hood. And that's when she drove away. Fucking hell. I would have fucking run him over. Um, Reminds me of, um, of the invisible man. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Um, actually I had the same thought when I was like looking into this case, she would, uh, firstly go to her friend's house and then she would also go to her mom's as well. So she would just stay there periodically for a couple of days. Um, eventually she would call thing, uh, call him to end things. Once, uh, she had him moved out, she changed the lots, did all of that stuff and then moved back in. So it's starting to look good for now. I wish it stayed that way. Here is where we're going to get into the grittiness of it. So on October the 30th in 1982, uh, Dune was at home rehearsing for a project with David Packer. She was, she was on the phone to one of her friends at the time when the operator came through the phone line and stated that um, she had a call on the other line from Sweeney. This is where she told her friend, look, i got to go. Um, it's Sweeney. She hung up. 10 minutes after Sweeney actually showed up at her house and they started talking through the door. Eventually he got her to agree to speak outside on the patio or veranda area. Girl should have kept that fucking front door between her and him. Yeah. Um, Obviously David Packer was still in the house at the time. Um, And yeah, they began to argue and that turned into violence, which then turned into loud thuds with more gagging thumps and smacking sounds that David Packer would hear from inside the house. Um, He would call the police and the police's response to this was, oh, you're out of our jurisdiction. I don't understand. Like I get that there's state lines and that sort of stuff, but if it's out of jurisdiction, but they're the closest, I don't understand why they can't help. To me as well, at least while this person, you hear this, you know, the situation that's going on, cool. If you're out of your jurisdiction, contact someone who can. Your job is to make sure the people are safe. There's so many stories I've heard recently on, you know, several podcasts where they're talking about, you know, certain crimes that have happened and because it's not in their jurisdiction, it's like they just put the phone down and forget about it. See, even Bundy. Yeah, yeah. Ted Bundy, he got away with a lot because he just travelled across states and it was just out of jurisdiction, so they let it go. Yeah, ridiculous. And it's one of those things, a lot of the true crime stuff does happen just because of shitty police work. Dharma got caught on his first kill with a body in a rubbish bag in his car. Yeah. And he was like, yeah. late at night, he's like, oh, I'm just going to the rubbish tip. They're like, oh, okay. There's a nice white guy with glasses. And another one. Yeah. That's like, so it's yeah. disgusting. It's it's really shitty that a lot of this stuff happens. But they're more than happy to that. extradite someone when it suits them. Yeah, let's throw old fucking Keith in jail for 12 years because he had an ounce of weed on him. 
ridiculous. We'll fly this fucker from across the country. Let him have his ounce of weed. It's probably for his sore fucking hip, man. Yeah. So after he heard that the police said it was outside of his jurisdiction, he kind of did a really brave move, I think. He called one of his friends and he said to his friend on the phone quickly, um, if I'm dead, it was John Sweeney. I've got to deal with something and hung up. What? He said to his friend on the phone. Yeah, I heard what you um, said. Yeah. He said, fucking why you say No, no, no. Why did she say what? And then act like I was an idiot for re-explaining it. Because, oh, because it was like a, she was fucking, she has these these things that she does that do my head in. Like she'll sit there and she'll read a message and she'll go, oh my God. And I'll go, what? What's happened? What's wrong? And she'll just go, oh, no. She does do that. And I'm like, what the fuck has happened? Like, is the world ending? And she's like, oh, fuck. I'm like, what? And then 10 minutes later, she's like, oh, yeah, sorry. It's just this person said this. (laughs) Yeah, but I also do that as well. And then when I find out that it's annoying the other person, I will continue it because I think it's fun. <laughs> but I'm just a dick. So, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, he called um his friend and said, if I'm dead, it was John Sweeney. He went outside um through the backyard and the back door and started to walk around to the driveway. That's when he saw Sweeney in the bushes um, standing over um, Dominique Dune's body. It's, it gets gnarly. Um, as soon as he told, as soon as he saw Packer, he yelled out, call the police. Um, so Sweeney told him to call the police, and as soon as the police arrived, um, Sweeney was talking to the officers in the driveway. He had his hands up and said, I've just killed my girlfriend, and I was a, um, and I tried to kill myself as well. Oh. Um yeah, this would later come back saying that in the trial, um, when he got on the stand, it was either he said or he implied that he ran inside and tried to take two bottles of pills to try and kill himself. This, sorry, this is very confusing to me. Yeah, no, it, it is very so, confusing. Yeah. Understand. When does he go inside to take the pills? Well, he doesn't. That's why it's confusing. Oh. He said this, so it was either he implied that he did it, and then I think it was then implied that he said he was going to. So, yeah, he was in the driveway. He surrendered. He was completely. So so there were no pills at all? It was just something that was said? Yeah. Oh, yeah. fucking hell, that is confusing. Okay. Yeah. Um, Dominique was transported to the nearest um, hospital where she was placed on life support. Bless her. Over the days, um, yeah, there were no signs of anything, so they performed a brain scan on her. The brain scan so uh, showed due to lack of um, oxygen in her brain and everything from being choked, there was no brain activity going on. Um, that's when the parents consulted with the doctors and they um, chose to pull the plug and take her off life support. Poor okay. girl. That's sad. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> you are going to get very pissed at this story as well. 
Sweeney was right. initially charged with um, attempt at murder. Those charges were dropped. Yeah. <laughs> Later, he was charged with first-degree murder. He pled not guilty. Then it got charged with assault with intent to do great bodily harm. Hang on. So was he convicted of the murder? Uh, we'll get into the trial bit now. Oh, God. <laughs> he doesn't get convicted, so, does he? Okay, hey, you find out. Mm. Um, so in the trial, Sweeney decided to take to the stand. He said um, that he actually went there because they were trying to reconcile and make up. He said that um, they spoke about him moving back in and started planning their life together, speaking of marriage and children. From her family's account said none of that was true, none of that happened. However, on that day, um, he went there to try and reconcile and she kept saying that it was permanent. So that's the only thing that was actually determined that Dune kept saying, no, this is a permanent breakup. So after eight days of deliberation, Sweeney was acquitted of second degree murder and he was given violent manslaughter oh slash assault. God. Um, voluntary manslaughter and assault. Sorry. Voluntary. Yep. Manslaughter. That's just as good as first-degree murder, isn't it? Oh, uh, not from the sentencing standpoint. Um, obviously, her family was outraged, calling it an injustice. A big thing that happened in the court was that there was a certain witness to take the stand who was an ex-girlfriend of Sweeney. When she took the stand or they started talking about her, the jury was told to leave the room. Of course they were. But all of her stuff was not even mentioned or brought up from that point onwards. Whose case does that remind you of? In fact, I think I want to do that case. The Shandy Blackburn case. Um, so after the jury uh, were excused from the trial, the judge made his normal comments that a judge would make. Uh, he said on the judicial system um, uphold and her father yard, there was no justice, not for our family in the courtroom, which... Fair enough, I believe him. <laughs> so on the 7th of November, he was sentenced to um, the maximum penalty, which was six years and six months. <laughs> I think he ended up serving three years. That's ridiculous for taking someone's life. Yeah. Um, so the judge who was named Judge Katz would criticise the jury and the verdict, saying that it is very plain and simple that it is just a case of murder. And nothing else. Mm. People literally go to jail for longer for having half an ounce of weed. Yeah. So that is a tragic case mm -hmm. and um, death of Dominique Dunn, which rest in peace to her. Wow. And I'm sorry for her family. That's sad, man. Yeah. What a massive injustice. Yeah, and I would also um, like to quickly say there will be outlines in our show notes. Yeah. Stuff like this. Um, it doesn't last forever, even though the situations may feel like they do. 100%. There's also resources on our website and our resource page as well. Yeah. There's, a, there's always a way to get yourself out. So, yeah, be selfish and make sure you're okay. 100%. You know, the more, the longer that we do this and the more stories that, like, I hear about or that we talk about, like, I think, like, you might have just been saying before, Jordan, like, the 
the legal systems that we have and law enforcement have failed so many Mm. people. And so, like, not only do they fail them and, like, you know, like letting Dharma go with a body cut up in the back of his car when really they should have pulled him over and investigated more, like, it gets to the courts and then they get, there's no justice. No. And there was like, um, I don't understand. It's, it's just so many cases and it's, it's common to the point where it's always going to be a problem, but it's kind of sickening mm. how common it is. And you don't realize till you see it or you're faced with it. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine about this kind of stuff a little while ago. And I was telling her about how it's called the justice system. And we just started saying how it should really just be called the injustice system at this point. Yeah. So it's it's fucking pathetic. Like enough's enough. I'm not going to name this person um, just to keep their privacy confidential, but I was speaking to someone who um, they had a family member um, you know, do something very inappropriate to another family member. Um, and it didn't come out until, you know, sort of years later. And it was proven that this person was actually guilty, but because of the way that they they compound all of these charges into different charges, it ends up reducing their sentencing time because it means that if they put these charges under you know, what it actually is, it gives them a chance to appeal the sentence. So if they compound them but give them less time, they can't appeal it. Does that make Mm. sense? So it's like I can see why they do it, but at the same time it's like this person, you know, abused this other person for, you know, X amount of time. It wasn't just a short amount of time. It was a couple of years this went on. And they only got 10 years for it. Like... It's hard because to be devil's advocate, like what the system that we have, like how could you make it better, you know? Mm. Like it's got to be fair and just in the sense of you don't want innocent people going to jail. Innocent people go to fucking jail anyway. All the time. But like what what could you possibly do? Like I think if it's going to be revamped, it needs to be completely revamped. The most frustrating thing about that is, as well though, the most frustrating thing, innocent people go to jail all the time with such a massive lack of evidence and then you've got all these other people who end up going and getting acquitted or whatever and there's all of this evidence mounted on top of them. Yeah, or like the Shandy case that you brought up earlier. Yeah. Where there's actually, you know, an actual body of... Um, you know, testing, whatever, DNA testing, that the, the body of people that were supposed to be in charge of doing that, you know, evidently didn't do it properly. And so someone mm. who is potentially guilty has walked free. Several people who are potentially guilty have now mm. walked free. It's now gotten to the point where that particular government has had to retest thousands and thousands of cases because it was proven that this this entity knowingly lied about all of this evidence. Crazy. Yeah. 
Well, um, it goes to, and I won't say too much on it because this is something I really want to cover. Um, the West Memphis free. Mm-hmm. That case, that was complete bullshit. I do not like. There's like not giving your opinion, but I'm gonna like I'll give mine. I they didn't do it. I, those three boys did not do that. It is it is very adamant and clear. Sorry, what case is this? The West Memphis three. It was where um, it was in the Bible Belt of America. Okay. Where those three boys were convicted of killing these little kids. Um, and the reason they were convicted was because the guy who they claimed was the ringleader, Damien Eccles, they said they were Satanists because they listened to, like, Judas Priest okay. and Megadeth and Metallica. I've never actually heard of this case, so I'll um, judge it when I hear it. But Yeah, yeah, no, it's so it, – it is very interesting. And I think it's something we will cover in the future, but even now there's still stuff coming out about it over 20 years later. Mm. Um, so I think when – eventually it all wraps up or it becomes wrapped up enough to where you can do a good cover on it without missing out some of the new crucial stuff. That's when it will be a good idea to cover it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. No one does it as good as Nads. Thanks. <laughs> mm, <laughs> cool. Oh. Well, that was fun. That was really interesting. Really interesting. Really, um, yeah, like fucked up story, but really, Mm. yeah. I get get why those kinds of movies have those kinds of conspiracies and um, like myths surrounding them as well because they they are, you know, the unknown. And they they do incite Mm. like, you know, like a a deep level of kind of something when you watch them. It's like mystery and... Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, it's um one of those things, especially with uh, every I've I've noticed just looking into a lot of this stuff, and also just being a horror fan for as long as I can remember. Even movies that come out now, like I think it was the Annabelle movies from the Conjuring universe. Oh, they had like a similar those thing. Movies, oh my god! The Conjuring movies, are, like the mainline ones, are so good. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, um, but yeah, it's just like a very common thing that. Oh, these movies are cursed, and a lot of it you can like be explained away, and I do think some of it is also just marketing. But then when you have um, serious stuff like this case and a lot of other cases, it's kind of like this is just a creepy storm of shit. Mm. So, yes. All right. Well. What's, what what do our listeners need to do, Jordy? Oh, yeah. So can you please follow us on Instagram and our socials at Are You For Serials Podcast? Yeah, boy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing it. On the Facebook, Instagrams, and TikToks. Yeah, those ones. Yeah. And we also have a website, don't we? We do. Yeah, we, we do. do. Bloody well do. And that is. <laughs> what, what, what? Fuck. Dot are you for cereals? <laughs> dot com. <laughs> yes, um, that is where we have our submissions on the website. Yeah, please send us stuff. Please rate us, and yeah, please like us. <laughs> Every goddamn episode, guys. <laughs>
that's that's for the Spotify's. <laughs> Please like us. Yeah, like us on Spotify. Make sure you uh, follow us. I mean, so that you can see when the next episode comes out. You get a little yes. little blue dot when you open your Spotify. It means we've got a new uh, episode. Yes. That means you need yeah. to click on it mm-hmm. and you have to press play. Yes. Next episode is going to be continuing mm-hmm. on with the conspiracies. Um, and we've got conspiracy theories about Paul McCartney. Ooh. Did he die? Did he not? Is he alive? Is he not? I just think he should have worn shoes crossing Abbey Road, but I mean, that's just me. <laughs> and the conspiracy of who stole his shoes, I think it was Lennon. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> um, and Jack's got a really interesting story next episode about Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves, a boy who knows how to keep himself out of trouble. Yes, okay. He's like me. Jordan. Mm. <laughs> 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 All right, until next episode, stay safe, everyone. Bye, bitches. Love you. Bye. Bye. Ciao. Bye. Bye. Bye.